Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over podcast with Dr. Richard Mole, who no longer beatboxes, much to the chagrin <laughs> of all of our listeners. There's a story behind that. I used to open up because we didn't have any kind of jingle or anything like that, so I would do some silly beatbox thing. and um, It was yeah. silly, but it was the, half the reason people turned into our Yeah, now our everybody's dropping our podcast because I don't yeah. do that. I'm sure of it. Yeah, all of our uh, all of our analytics showed that people only listened to the the beatbox and then they were done. <laughs> they were, or they or they left yeah. because of the beatbox. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they were just fast forwarding through that. Oh, 100. percent Yes, yes, it was not epic. Uh, some people like cringe, right? There's like people who like enjoy that. I feel like. I mean, there's all enough movies that are so cringy that I'm like, there has to be a demographic that's like, <laughs> yes. I want to watch something that makes me so uncomfortable. And so, and I've sat through some of those movies that everybody's like epic. I won't mention any of them, but I, I I'm like, and there was, you gotta watch, you gotta watch this, you gotta watch this. And we watch one. I was like, I'll never get back to the last two hours. That was, <laughs> that was horrible experience. Some people like to enjoy things. Other people don't like to enjoy things. I'll just say that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we're excited to have Holly Marie Harris and get her story out. And you got a book. I do. And you came and spoke at our banquet last year. Yes. And uh, and, and there was a strong connection um, between what we were doing and your story. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. It was a blessing. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Tell us your story. Tell us about your journey and uh i'm excited too because there's you, you were telling me a little bit right before we came on how you're rewriting the book because of your spiritual journey and how it's grown and and it's richer and deeper and and you want that to be woven throughout your book too so yeah tell us a little bit about the journey yeah how long do we have because it's long i'm just kidding no we're we are in no rush we i think what is our longest I just want somebody. Yeah, I think maybe two hours. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, and and most of them are over an hour. I think almost all of them yeah. are over an hour. I was two hours on someone's podcast yesterday, and they basically really? said, "We need to get a whole series. We need to have you on like every week." And uh, and and it was wild. It was like I felt like we could go all day. So yeah. we're fine. He has nothing scheduled after this, so okay. <laughs> he might have to leave because he's got appointments. But you'll get the surprise after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, starting from the beginning. Um, I'm from Wisconsin originally, and I grew up in a small town, um, grew up in the church. I thought it was Wisconsin if you were from there. (laughs) Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I've learned it. I was Southern Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I I was in Madison. Gotcha. Okay. A little bit more towards the Illinois. Gotcha. Not Illinois. (laughs) 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 But I grew up really, really small town. Um, my biological dad left when I was a baby so I always carried that, and he wasn't a part mm-hmm. of my life or anything. Um, but my mom got remarried when I was eight, and he adopted me and my older sister. And, I mean, he's my dad. Like, yeah. father, dad, wow. in every sense. Mm-hmm. Love him. Um, That's awesome. But then it was a very, very tight-knit community. Everyone mm-hmm. knew everyone. When you say small town, are we talking, like, population 800, or are we talking, like, population 30,000? Mm-hmm. Original hometown, like 800. Oh, man. But then we we upgraded a little bit to maybe like a few thousand. 
I think it's growing. So with a new couple new families move in, you're like, wow, this yeah. town feels like, cool. Who are they? Yeah. 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 It takes years for them. Related to. It takes years for them to be part of the town. I've been, I've been there. Yes. <laughs> My first church was in that town. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> and well, going off of that, I've just experienced so many of the limiting beliefs that I was taught, mm. you know, which has prompted into this rewrite yeah. of like, and my dad actually always use, uses the word how we were trained. Mm. And I'm like, that's a great word because you can always be retrained. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not this limit to, yeah. I mean, the pastor didn't know. Right. You know, he was limited. So yeah. Yeah. That's so much bigger. <laughs> yeah. I call it being let out of your God box. Right. God just demolished my God box and yep. it was the most freeing thing, but it was scary because yeah. the God box was my security. That, that that's that's where god was it's i knew where he was i knew you know right. he would fit in my nice little box but that was a lie he didn't and uh, so yeah go yeah. on he doesn't like to stay in a box <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even in mine yeah <laughs> i thought he was yep um but it was just it was a very slow slow town there wasn't mm. a ton of things to do and how many traffic lights oh Two, well, we had one main street. Okay. So they did upgrade that. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, but you could walk from one side to the other. Yeah. In yeah. like an hour or two. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> um, but it was it was very, you know, tight knit. Everyone knew everyone. So if you messed up, everyone Ooh. knew. And I was really I was a really good kid. And then I wasn't. And something flipped in me where I was like, I don't want this life. This isn't for me. Like, I want to go explore the world. And I actually went down to Chicago with a friend. And I was like, this is my life. This is what I want. Like, it's so fast. And everyone mm. doesn't know each other. But then the people that do are like family. And it was, I should never have gone to Chicago. Um, <laughs> so I came back and I was, you know, I was like, I want to explore. I've never partied. I've never done any of this stuff. And so I started to do all of that stuff. And got in trouble with my parents. They sent me away to a Christian boarding school in Utah that was not a Christian boarding school at all. It was, mm. My mm. version is hell on earth. Wow. I It was horrible. Wow. Um, but they got shut down for child abuse after I left. Wow. So that tells you a little bit. Um, yeah. So I came back and now I was angry with my parents, my entire family. Didn't want anything to do with them. And I was 16 at this time. So I left and moved in with my best friend. And that didn't last very long. So long story short, I got in contact with a guy who I didn't know at the time, but quickly learned was a pimp. Um, I moved in with him, me and one of my friends. And that was that was my life. Like, I didn't see myself as a prostitute. Um, because of the way I was doing it was more upscale, you know, <clears throat> it wasn't like what I saw in movies. I wasn't taken. I wasn't like being held captive. I was choosing to do it. Mm. And I was like, I was already getting into that promiscuous phase. And so I was like, well, if I can, you know, I'm doing this and why don't I get paid for it? Mm. So that was my mentality. Mm. And God was in no part of that. Right. But now when I look at it, I'm like. God was in every part of that because I'm alive right now. Protected you. Like there have there was so many moments that I was like, how am I alive? Why did I not get shot? Like why 
<laughs> Any of those that you would want to elaborate on at all? Share? Um, actually, so the other day something came up when somebody was talking about what can harm you. And I'm like, well, a gun, a car crash, this, that. And they're like, but if you're walking God's favor and you can say nothing is going to harm me. In a year standing with a gun in your face and you say, in Jesus' name, you're not going to hurt me. That gun is not going to go off. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then can it really harm you? Are you going to believe that? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it just took me back to a moment where our house actually was getting robbed and somebody had a gun in my face. And had, my adrenaline was going. <laughs> wow. Remembering it, your adrenaline was going? Yeah. Is it a, was it a memory that you have always held on to or was mm-hmm. it came back when yeah. you start talking about okay but in that moment i laughed like laughed in their face and turned around and walked away but and i know i wasn't like <laughs> i know i i don't know if i could do that today but like it was that moment of her saying can a gun really hurt you and i'm like i know that i didn't say in jesus name you're not going to hurt me with that gun it's not going to hurt me but i'm like did he there were moments where I'm like, I feel like he was there and he was trying to show me, like, I'm still here. I'm still here. Are you going to come Maybe back to me? somewhere down inside of you, that truth yeah. goes up and you're like, yeah. like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there were a few moments where, and even in the moment, I'm like, man, only God could do that. But he he can't be with me right now. Like, I'm making all these horrible decisions, you know? And I just felt like he was just knocking, like, hello, come home. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did that for a while. And then I got involved with a gang that was from Chicago. What gang? Uh, can you say, can you say, or do you have to whisper off, off the side? We, the re- I know more about gangs and I've never read a book about gangs. And it's from this. It's yeah. from, because, well, it's actually from ministry. Um, and I can't tell you, like, <laughs> I, I have an education about gangs because what often happens in gangs. I thought they came on the podcast. Not all of them. One, one of them was scheduled to, who was pretty high up, and he didn't come. And he didn't okay, make it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it, that was pretty weird. So, so I learned one day in a ministry session about a certain type of initiation, mm-hmm. and this guy wants to get free of it. It was kind of a cult like. The next day, we're at a pastor's meeting, and the the head guy speaking was like has worked high up in the government he like like his resume was grander than most anybody you know i mean like like epic and he talked about his youth and the gang that he was a part of which was a different gang and he described on stage the same ritual that this guy had been through in a different gang and and us we know enough to know that that's a cult in its foundation, you might not know what you're doing in the moment because you're just going through a ritual. It's a pledge. It's a right. pledged in, pledged out, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I even yeah. know now. Don't call them bank biker gangs because they're not biker gangs. They're biker clubs. They don't like you calling. You know. So I'm I'm always learning, but it's not because I ask to learn. It's because right. No, you kind of asked. Yeah, I have asked. <laughs> you definitely just asked. I did. And I, but I give you freedom. The, the, the cool thing here is people go, "What is this rated?" And 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 it's we're not asking kids to watch this. Right. And I, when I when I wrote when I wrote <laughs> when I wrote 
the uh we do bring my kids on the show yeah (laughs) when when i wrote restoring joy i was i felt like god telling me to tell some of the stories and i was like how can i do it because i already know from what you've said that you've glossed over an incredible amount oh yeah there's that if we were doing ministry we'd be getting a whole different story and i and i want to honor you with that i want you to feel as safe as you can but also go because i know there's a time to expose the darkness right and so i was like how do i write x-rated horror story yeah because you've lived it i I, you've never heard me use those words you have read that book Mm -hmm. in a way that people can palette where they can go to sleep tonight right and uh and you've lived that firsthand yeah it was it was very well written for the amount the, the heaviness that comes along with it like i wasn't like oh my gosh like i did sit there for a minute like was it triggering no, it takes a lot to trigger me. Oh, okay. A lot. Pretty tough. I can talk about pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, Except for the name of the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could probably ask some questions. It's in you my wouldn't... book, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's out book. there. It was the Gangster Disciples. The Gangster Disciples. Yeah. Wow, I've not heard of that one. No? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds Christian to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just launching a discipleship school. It, it, it wasn't a bunch of Jesus followers. I mean, I think it's a mainly disciple. a Chicago yeah. area yeah. thing. Wow. Okay. I feel yeah. like that's something a, a homeschool kid would wear on a t-shirt. Not <laughs> it's so funny, though, because... I went to worship mob. Right. <laughs> to record an album of worship album, and I was like, I'm part of the mob now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm a youth leader at my church and some of the youth have with their parents approval have read my book and you know they're youth so they ask silly questions like will you teach me some gang signs and I'm like uh no I will not then they'll ask me questions like well what do these colors mean what if I what if I were to do this hand signal what would people think and I'm like my gosh hmm. Guys, no. Yeah. No, no. What is serious dangerous? Yes. And I'm like, guy, don't we were, you dare. The guy, the guy that, that I want to have him on our podcast one day, he 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 got, what do they call him, jump in and jump out or, or, or I've sworn in, sworn out, but it's, it, you basically are brought to the point of death to get yeah. out. And he went through that process, even though he was high up because he, and he fell in love with a girl who was a christian and he's like i gotta change and and so that's part of his, his journey part of his story but he couldn't get rid of the tattoos so he moved to the to the carolinas to get away from that world and his next door neighbors are rival gang and they know his tattoos and and it's like you can't get away when you have the colors when you have the marks they knew where he was ranked they knew so much about him yeah and and uh you know, and and he had no idea what he was that he was jumping right back into that world. Not not intentionally, not desirous, but had to move because of tattoos. Right. So, are you still yeah. a gangster disciple? I'm not. Yeah. So, the like getting jumped out like at the point of death. Um. So my out with approval and all. Like I reached out to some people and told them that. So I went to prison for six years. So let's let's go through that first. Because that's just part of it. Um, So there was a shooting, a gang-related shooting in a hotel room. And I had set it up. And it was a rival gang member that they had been looking for. And so I set him up and he ended up getting shot. Um, So I went to prison. I got arrested that day. 
the three other guys like ran away um so i was already getting sentenced by the time they had gotten arrested and so i testified for them on their behalf because i was already sentenced and it couldn't hurt me anymore um and so after that i did i had reached out and i was like i i want to go be with my family <clears throat> and the whole reason that i got involved was because of that family it felt like a family and at that time like i didn't have a family and i was like oh my gosh they're closer than my family mm. you know and they support each other and they're loyal and you know you can call on somebody and they're always going to be there no matter what and i was like this is what i've looked for my whole life <laughs> like mm. and it sounded so good and there were times where they're like you need to go home holly like i was young i was the only white girl like they're like go home <laughs> so this tattoo on my chest used to say white girl mm. with a bunch of money signs around it like it was my name mm. <laughs> so i got that one covered up <laughs> yeah i still have a few to go but yeah so while i was in prison and somebody had reached out to me and they were like so what is your plan like upon release and they're like you know you're always welcome back here and i was like you know i think i'm gonna go be with my family and it took a while to get a response, but they were like, you know what, you you stayed loyal and you did this and you did that. Like, we want you to go live your life. And it was I not what I was expecting at wow. all. And I was like, and I feel like that was a door that got opened. That's amazing. Because that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No, from what I hear. Yeah. Wow, that's a favor. Yeah. And nobody re like has reached out so to what, me or So what anything. would normally happen if someone wanted to get out? Um... I mean, you may die or you have to, like, prove your loyalty or be in the situation of are you if something were to happen and, you know, the feds were to come, are you going to are you going to snitch? And if they had any inkling that you would, you weren't going to get that far. Yeah. 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 So cool. Praise God. Yeah. So you go to prison, you get out of the gang in prison, then you get out of prison. Mm hmm. And I come to Florida the day of. Was your family here at that, that point? Yep. So they moved okay. down actually the day after I got sentenced to prison. Uh, my wow. brother-in-law owns a bunch of Culver's, and so they opened some down here. Um, Culver's? Yeah. And you brought some free um, coupons today? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we yeah, love Culver's. I don't Culver's. even get a family discount. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Uh, Nathaniel, my my special needs Down syndrome son, um, Miracle Boy, he um, calls it Butt Boys. He has to assimilate a lot of words and because of speech issues. And so it's butt boys now to us. That's and he, so funny. It, like, <laughs> uh, Culver's is going to ban us for life now. Chick-fil-A actually gave us all kind of stuff because he, one Sunday, he's like begging us every Sunday to go. And then he goes, just take him. And so I was there 15 minutes. Before I turn the camera on and we are walking around, we're walking to the drive through and he's knocking on the drive through and he's looking behind the drive through like there's somebody back there whose voice oh comes out. We're walking up to the drive through window and he's knocking on the window and I'm videotaping all this going, come on, do you see what you do to people by not opening on a Sunday? <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it went a little viral. So, but I don't think Culver's is going to use the butt boy commercial. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, please forgive us, Culver's. We do love you. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> There's no coming back from that. <laughs> where I wanted. We're having fun with a pretty serious, heavy topic, aren't we? <laughs> the episode has ended. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, so I got out of prison, um, like nine o'clock in the morning, and my plane to Florida left at like eleven. So there was no in between, and I was so grateful for that because I'm like, if I go anywhere, go to Target. I'm not making it to Florida. Like, I'll see somebody and then I'll be right back in it. Like, I knew that in my mind. And so I had a person from Outreach from Sayla Freedom um, when they still had the Chicago Mm. house. She drove up and picked me up and took me to the airport. And I flew down and they picked me up. And I went to Sayla. Cool. Like, no in-between, no contact with anybody. We love Sayla Freedom. We love the people there. We're pretty connected with them. That was the model we were trying to reproduce in Freedom Park, and uh, and um, at, at this stage, it, it what we know from their budget and from others that are doing the same kind of thing is it's a hundred twenty thousand dollars per person, and per, and per year, yeah, and that's what it, I, I think it may be a little more than that. Anyways, it's in that range. It's crazy. That's what you were worth <laughs> coming out of that world. What am I worth now? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're worth more than that, aren't you? Can somebody send the checks? <laughs> uh, Man, that's crazy. Isn't that wild? Did you get right with God in prison then? No. Oh, okay. No, God wasn't. So I spent a lot of my time in segregation. Um, I didn't make like any friends. I was just, I went in there like, I'm going to do my time. I'm not going to talk to anybody. It's a long six years. Yeah. But... I like to be alone. So the only time I would read the Bible is when I went to SAG, where the only book they give you is the Bible. Mm. (laughs) And I'd read it, and I was like, oh, man, this is really good. And I kept reading Philippians when Paul's in prison, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) That's me. And then I get to the end when he's, like, you know, doing good stuff, and I'm like, oh, I don't think that's me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still in that mentality of, like, this is my life. Like, either I'm going to die. I actually had a thought in my head, which now I know is the enemy because he was, like, really trying to limit limit my life, but that I would die by the age of 30. Yeah. I just turned 29. So I'm not there yet, the but I don't think I die. So. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But it was just a thing, and I was like, well, and then I came to Florida, and I was like, well, maybe that means that Jesus was coming back before I'm 30. I don't know. <laughs> and... Which I'd be fine with. But I don't know. It was actually when I was at Sela and I had been there for a few months already. And Miss Lori, who you've met, um, one of the founders. Love her. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, she came in and she was like, I'm going to do a worship night tonight, guys. And it was on Easter. Mm. And I was not going to church. I wasn't listening to worship music. Like, and I, But I felt so pulled to go. And so I went and I sat there and I'm like, I have no idea why I'm here. Like, I have no idea. At this point, I don't even believe in God. Like, I was so far brainwashed in a different area of my life, you know. Who was God to you back then? Um, Like, in prison? Yeah, or even at that point in Selah, the whole in that whole journey, where was God in the picture? Um, I knew he existed. I never stopped believing that he existed. But I also had a mentality of 
I am saved, so I'm going to heaven no matter what I do. Because that's mm-hmm. what we were taught growing up. Well, And that's been one of those. When you were little. Yeah. Yeah. That's been one of those barriers I've had to break through. Because mm. I'm like, okay, I was doing really bad stuff. Like, how am I allowed in heaven, you know? Mm. And still even like I'm, people will say, and I'm like, all right, I need to go look this up more. Because that's been a really hard one for me. Because for all those years, I was like, I'm going to heaven no matter what. But really, I was not, you know. And I, I don't want to be in hell. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So... That night, it was like, a, it hit me. Like, Holy Spirit was just like, okay, you're coming back. And wow. And I was never taught about the Holy Spirit either. It was the Holy Ghost, and it sounded scary growing <laughs> up. So when I say I was limited, I was very limited. What was the denomination your family was when you were young? Uh, well, we started Lutheran, mm-hmm. and then we ended up at a Bible church that was non-denominational non-charismatic un like against the supernatural mm-hmm. or because there's a lot yep. of non-denominational that are yeah like the gifts to the gifts yeah the so gifts sure. are dead and yeah. prophets don't exist yeah. and all that yeah yeah all of that's device <laughs> and now i'm like look at me now yeah <laughs> like watching julie green every morning and <laughs> yeah um so that night was it was like a switch flipped and I was just on fire for God like I'd never been before. Wow. And because I, you know, I loved God and I wanted to do good things when I was growing up and I went on a missions trip. But it was never like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to thank you for another day. I'm going to eat lunch and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to come home from work and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like listen to worship music. It was That was never my life. Yeah. The Christian boarding school you went to, you were like, that was hell. <laughs> Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, it was that any part of the beginning of turning away from God or, or did that thrust you in that direction? So there was a lot that happened there. Um, actually a lot of like supernatural things. Good. Uh, no, no. Okay. No. Gotcha. So we gotcha. found a Ouija board gotcha. and it was an old hospital, like an old nursing home surgery center. Mm-hmm. And so we did the Ouija board in the surgery room. And a lot of things had gotten attached to me at that time that I didn't realize. And I saw a lot of things. And, like, this spirit was, like, following me around. She'd show up in the middle of the night. Like, just super creepy. Well, then they thought that I was, like, possessed. So they, like, held me down and put Bibles on top of me and tried to do an exorcism. Yeah. This was was while I was starting to walk away from God. And I'm like, yeah, deuces. Like, this is not for me. On you. I remember that. I, oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm telling you what. I have heard some of the, like, because we've been doing Deliverance Mercy, and there are people that are freaked out, afraid, because, like, and it's because yeah. of stories like that. And and I, I've only seen a handful. Um, I, I, um, I hate to admit that there were some people that we didn't even... And we we need to check yeah, get new chords. <laughs> yeah. Um that that there were there were a couple of young adults here that one night someone starts manifesting and I don't remember that they held them down, but they put Bibles on them. And people that we had discipled were I was like, What are you thinking? Like, like, come on. I was like, from now on, please, like, 
And then there was another church where they like they had men holding this guy down, and they were running, throwing water on him, holy water at a spirit, well, quasi spirit filled, you know, church. And it was just like, oh Lord, forgive us for all the for not being discipled, for not knowing how to walk in the authority and the power of God in love. And um, so I'm sorry for what you had to go through. Like, yeah. But then I get to Selah, and I found a mentor who's actually still one of my best friends and i'm like man i this like i keep having this thought and she's like okay well we're gonna pray and she's like i have this thing where five minutes we pray god can do it in five minutes we're not going to spend a whole day on it i don't need to hear the whole backstory but we're going to speak against it and you're going to be healed and i experienced that and i'm like i had people with bibles on me (laughs) no yeah it's such a difference. Yeah. 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 Man. So. You, yeah. I, I need to read your book. That, that That's my take. I didn't bring any book. either. I don't know why I didn't bring any. <laughs> uh, no, so what's the name of it? Relentless Survivor. Relentless Survivor. Revised edition coming soon. Revised. <laughs> <laughs> Love to have you back on when it's that I'm edition. Guessing, is I'm guessing out. it's on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Everything's yeah. on Amazon, right? Yep. Yeah. I love Amazon. So you reconnected with your family pretty close? Yes. Yeah. I. It was a journey. Um, I actually walked through, which I, so this is actually going into the revised edition. So this is a little sneak peek, okay? Because <laughs> the only thing I've posted is that there's a new chapter being added um, that was in the original draft. And so when my book originally started, it was um, about prison reform, gay rights, um, racism and pol- police brutality and human trafficking. Well, well, the gay rights went out because I was like walking through some things myself. Um, when I moved down here, I was gay. That was it. And nobody could change my mind. I'm like, well, God loves me regardless. God, like God is love. Then why wouldn't he love me? And, mm. you know, and one day, <laughs> one day in church, God got a hold of me. Like, really good. Mm. And I came back to Selah, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would read scripture, but I would read it through a lens Mm -hmm. of a different aspect. Like, instead of God saying, you know, man should not be with man, I would take another verse and be like, well, God is love. So how can this person say this? And I would just try and dissect the Bible to make it fit what I wanted. Mm. That takes a lot of, like, humility to admit that. And, like... (laughs) It is. It's divine when God pulls back the veil and helps yeah. us see. Well, this is my first time actually publicly like wow. telling people about this. Wow. <laughs> here you go. You heard it. You heard it here first. You did. Um, actually, only a few people, maybe three people, know. It's healing. It's healing to bring stuff into the light. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. You already know that. Yeah. So. Cool. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to my book, so I'm gonna have to learn how to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But he got a hold of me and. I, it's a struggle. Like, it's not an over, you know, obviously it is an instant, like, this isn't what you're created for. This isn't what I want for you. But it's also, am I going to make the decision to walk in that? Mm. You know, am I going to be obedient Mm -hmm. and not do that, you know, or not look at women through the eyes that I was? So Mm. it was a journey and it was a lot of, you know, when something would try and come up, just declaring that that's not who I am anymore. Mm. And 
It's just like being healed from anything else. Like God healed my nose. My mom's dog broke it and I, I couldn't breathe. I had this huge knot on the side of my nose for like a year. And my chiropractor, she kept like adjusting it and trying to fix it. And she's a believer. And I was like, yeah, I've, been, I've just been praying that like it's going to be healed and my nasal cavity is going to be like perfect. And in church one day, like the pastors, God was just flowing through them. And um, Pastor Ralph, he was like, someone's nasal cavity is being healed. And we're worshiping. And I was like, I didn't even touch my nose. And I was like, I declare that when I touch my nose, that that lump is going to be gone. Mm. And I waited until after service. And then I touched my nose and it was gone. And I'm like, man, yes, <laughs> Lord. possible. Praise God. And, like it, and I'm like, I can't limit him. Yep. You know, if you can change who I thought I have been for years, then why? I'm not going to fight it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> not searching for a relationship either. Yeah. And so I think some people like just don't ask me about it because mm. like I haven't dated anybody since I've been out of prison. Mm. And I don't really have any like male friends. Mm. Most of them are married. So. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I'm hanging out with them and their wife, and but it's just not like I'm just on this journey with God, and I'm like I don't I don't need anything else right now. Yeah, in the past, what have men represented in your past? Money, money, the and weakness. To make money, and you took advantage of them. Yeah, so men in my eyes were um, very weak, and like they were just. Every man that, like, starting with my dad, my biological dad, was weak. Wow. He left. Wow. He gave up. Wow. You know, and then every man I would come in contact with, it was like, I just love you so much. And I'm just like, you know, I am I can be very stubborn and independent. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're too clingy. Like, you're weak. And so every mm-hmm. guy I met was would somehow come out with this weakness. And so that's all they, they were to me. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be with a man. Every man is like this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But now I'm like, I look at like the husbands in my church or like, you know, like the leaders in the church and they're strong men and they take care of their family. And it's like, okay, I was never around. What, true what about men. your dad? Was your dad, your adopted dad? Oh, he's awesome. Okay. So he, but he was, he didn't fall into the category of men. No. Yeah. 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 I think I just, he he wasn't even anywhere near the category. Yeah. I just loved him so much. That I just, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah. He superseded it. He had his yeah. own category. He doesn't even, yeah. He That's gets a cool. whole different one. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But now that I'm surrounded by, like, men of God, mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing. Does your family go to the church yet? Uh, my parents just started coming. Awesome. Yeah. So they used to go to a different church, and I went, and it was, like, a mega church, and it wasn't for me. Like, I wanted to know the pastors and i wanted to like have family within that mm-hmm. so i definitely do do they, do they like the church then yeah it's very different yeah. like the speaking in tongues yeah. and it's a whole new whole new world I'm, I'm the i grew up baptist and 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 uh in our church I'm the one that has on the stage had the microphone and spoken messages in tongues i was like why does a baptist guy have to do that here you know Gosh. and there's a lot of freedom there but i'm yeah. like i'm like yeah if, if uh, i was like so it, it is yeah and and it's interesting because so much of people that are against that like one, one of the the two main arguments it's divisive mm-hmm. and i have never found that verse in the bible and it is um 
Oh, divisive. What's the other one? There's a couple that are very predominant. I can't remember. Well, one is that it's been done away with. Right. And I was like, and that comes from First Corinthians 13, where it says knowledge will be done away with. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, so that means we're all dumb and we wouldn't know if it was done away with. Anyways, I was like, how can you use that verse to talk about tongues being when that which is perfect comes, that which is imperfect will be done away with. See the Facebook comments debate over that. None of them are going to watch our podcast anyways, but yeah, it, it it is weird though. Like, oh, we're talking scholars, brilliant people. I am not challenging anybody's in, intelligence, but the things, the, the, the lies that in the way we use scripture, you were talking about it in your own journey mm-hmm. to say something that it doesn't even come close to saying is not even right. on that subject, but we take that verse and we go, this is what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Oh, I have the, rough original draft that was like four times as big as my book actually is because it was everything mm-hmm. like when i say it was my healing journey it was my healing journey from when i was a baby <laughs> to now every detail mm-hmm. and obviously that wasn't for the whole world to see but yeah. it is healing i know people gosh. that have done that and um, um yeah yeah and even now like i'll do blogs and stuff every once in a while like when I feel prompted to, I never write unless I feel like God is prompting me to. So who knows when this revised edition is going to be done because it's been a little, I've been really busy. I haven't had time, which is really bad because it's not my time. It's his. Um, yeah. Yeah. But just being able to like take that, take my experiences and use that journey of writing for healing. You know, like this is hitting me really hard okay, there's something attached to this, you know? So, like, God, can you please replace this with something that's whole and healthy? Yeah. You know, like, these memories. And I never used to be able to talk about certain things. Like, my grandparents both died when I was in prison. And that was one that stayed with me mm-hmm. for quite a while. Yeah. Actually, up until last year. And I was finally like, you know what? I have so many good memories, but every time I think about them, only okay. the memory of me not being there. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? In Jesus' name, I like this I like is not it. gonna happen yeah. anymore. That doesn't define you know him. I'm gonna think of the good memories. And now I can talk about like I would instantly somebody said Nana and Papa, I would start bawling. Mm. And now I can talk about them and it's like I just have good memories. That's cool. awesome. What were they like? Oh, they were awesome. They were like my second parents because my mom was a single mom. Okay. And so they had us like after school and weekends and she worked full time and went to college and so they, I mean, they practically raised us. They lived in a little log cabin on a lake with oh, a paddle wow. boat. <laughs> wow. So that's that's how I was raised. Cool. Yeah. They taught us a lot. They were that's good. Awesome. Good people. Cool. So everybody fished and hunt where you grew? Where yep. You? Oh, yeah. All the fishing and hunting. We were right on the Wisconsin River, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So there was sandbar, like parties and cluff cliff jumping and you know all that good stuff (laughs) cool cool it's a little town but it wasn't that boring (laughs) (laughs) yep you know how to have fun yeah tractor poles yep bring your tractor to school day everyone drove their tractors to school and parked them out front oh my goodness yep that is wild yep i've heard that that was quite the show off like if you're in a small town oh yeah and like oh they have money because of the tractor like it was like a big day it was like that's what yep (laughs) 
Like, what time did you have to leave your house to get? Oh, <laughs> I would hate to we be didn't driving have a tractor. So those days, oh my, my gosh, gosh. Yeah, I, the, the, those days around here. I would just challenge everyone to a drag race in my Corolla. That's what <laughs> every tractor Prius. No, no Prius. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. The car, yeah. you, you step on the gas and it starts laughing at you. <laughs> right. I actually saw something the other day and it was like, you know, you're from the Midwest when you have to argue that your school had bring your tractor to school day. <laughs> yeah. And we had like cow bingo. And cow he, bingo. Yeah. It was interesting. The, the type of cows or the names of cows? No. So you played bingo with a cow. And they would leave it in this field. They would draw. Oh yeah, yeah, wear poops, wear yeah. poops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a big school fundraiser. I think was it Bloomingdale High School did that at one point. <laughs> like when, like since I was like like alive, so like not not like back when. You know, I honestly don't. Well, well there was no Bloomingdale sure. High School when I was in school. I graduated from Brandon High School. It was one of the high schools because I remember one of my friends was like they 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 put money down. It's like a, wow, yeah. it had to be a Midwestern teacher or something, right? Yeah, or a cracker. We okay. Did your school? Because I, I did your school. Like, were people really competitive about that? And they would like do different things to try to like. Oh yeah, yeah, like cheat and like do yeah. different things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've heard a lot of different stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a big deal. Like they'll wear that like as like a badge of honor the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that gives you a little insight into where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Chicago was a different world yeah. and a different experience. So you never probably would have owned the title human trafficked. What would you mm-hmm. – but you end up in an organization that that's, that's what they used to describe, um, the people right. that they minister to. And, and, and it's tough because us too, I'm going, how do I describe what we deal with? Because we deal with mind control programming, satanic ritual abuse. Every one of them have been trafficked. Right. And there's not one of them that 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 comes in. Hey, I've been human trafficked. But I tell their I if I, I mean, tell their story, some, you just some, go some. I wouldn't say none, but my most. All right. I don't. You know. I don't, I've sat in there. I've sat in some sessions where they the first session they said, "Yeah, I was human trafficked." Okay. Uh, uh, but because it it it's yours is actually the one of the only stories that came out of a good family. Mm-hmm. And and kind of jumped into that world. Um, th- th- there's so many different ways that people got in. A lot of them are raised in it, right? Um, and and it and and it and it looks so different. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've, we've had people that were high dollar DC elite, you know, and they, I I need you to know, you know, and it was like, but 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 the soul was tormented just as much right. doesn't matter how much money or or anything like that and and uh and and most of what we've dealt with never even prostituted themselves some of them didn't see it that way but they did one one lady from the age of seven to 14 it was for it started for candy don't tell anybody i'll give you some candy Jeez. but she said I sold myself as a prostitute that she used those words and she's a, she was a leader in a church and, and used those terms. And I was just like, like, and, and by choice, she just upped the dollar amount and it wasn't even dollar until she was 14. And then she left that and here she was white haired, never told anybody about that part of her life. 
And it was just like, holy cow. That's crazy. And, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, being in Sela, like, I got connected with some of the girls and, like, we still stay in contact and hearing the difference in stories. Because um, when I went into Sela, I was like, well, I was never trafficked. But I'm at this human trafficking program. <laughs> I wonder how many of them see themselves as the exception, like everybody else was, but not me. Right. Like, I I was like, I did it by choice. Yeah. And then it was once actually I started writing my book, and I'm writing about the guy that I met, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, he was a really good guy, and he took really good care of me, and I only had to give him 50% of my money, and (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) Just wow. So it was writing the book that you, the revelation yeah. came. Yeah. But it was like just because I wasn't like molested as a child or I wasn't forced into it by my parents or my uncle, it doesn't mean that I wasn't. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's, a, it's a very powerful and important point. That's not who you are. Right. It's not even who you were. You were never. Right. You know, you, you were a child of God. People took advantage of you. You were victimized, right? But it's not your identity, you know. And and that's it's it's interesting because we're trying to share with people a lot about what we do. And like, how do you describe this? What do you call it? You know, human trafficking is a term that's been accepted at least, even though it's unfathomable. Um, and the truth, the reality of every one of those girls' stories would be hard for most people right. to to ponder or fathom, but. The um, it's going on in a lot of places, isn't it? I mean, give me your feedback on that because I mean, it's going on everywhere. Meaning everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. What do you mean by everywhere? I mean, you think okay, so now you get the image of the small town I lived in, you know, middle of Wisconsin, like it was happening there. It's not happening there, is it? Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everywhere. And I think about, and I've always thought about this, like my neighbors. They didn't know, you know, like they probably can't even wrap their mind around the fact that that was happening to me while I was their neighbor. When you were in the small town, because you haven't told any of those stories and you can tell whatever you would want to. But so there was stuff like that happening to you even younger. Well, no. So I moved and then I I moved or I went to Chicago. I lived in Chicago for a little bit and then I moved to Madison, which was only like 30 minutes from my hometown. And so I would post on Backpage at the time when it was still a thing. And then people, like, a guy would text me or call me, and then I would go to him or he would come to me. And there were a few times when it was somebody from my hometown. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, and I would refuse. Like, I would not go back to him. I was like, how do I know this isn't some guy that my dad works with or something? You know? Yeah. And then they realize who I actually am. Yeah. Because you don't use your real name. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even actually use your pictures. Wow. Like, just for, like, my face was never in a picture, and I didn't have that many tattoos at that time. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But wow. I'm like, they're so, there, yeah. you know. Well, I, it, you're, I'm having a flashback right now, because I was a youth pastor in a little town, Locust, North Carolina. People are like, "Where? where's that? It's like, it's next to Big Lick, and Frog Pond, and Finger, and Brief. Okay, and, is it and, near Waynesville at all? It, it's actually close to Charlotte. 15 minutes from Charlotte, okay. and I've just named the towns around it, and people in Charlotte 
don't know where I'm talking about. <laughs> and and and, uh, and I'm sorry for all my locust friends. They and... rebranded. It's not locust anymore. I'm sure they've got it. They're it is still called locust. Yes. And uh, well, here's a bad thing. So I'm a brand new youth pastor there, and someone's like, like, do you like Randy Travis? I'm like, who's Randy Travis? Oh my gosh, he was born in Stanley, and and but but the town that he grew up in is the, a little bit bigger town right next to it. I'm drawing a blank on that town, and I was like Matthews, maybe. Anyways, and, and I'd like I never heard of him. Oh, that is not good when you're from that area, oh and uh, did not score me any points. But but I remember one day, um, I the Lord had brought me into a whole network of people that we're on the other side of the tracks from anything I'd ever experienced. Now I, I can only imagine what I was dealing with now with the knowledge that I have, but I'm leading these kids to the Lord and they're introducing me to my, to their friends. And I'm in these little trailer parks and I'm doing worship in a house. And I mean, I could tell you just like story after story of what I'm all around, but I'm a Lily white Baptist kid, you know, just got my Bible college degree and I'm in this town and I'm connected with, I think it was a dark underworld, but I'm leading people to Christ. And, and I, I, after a while I said, no, you don't want to come to my church because, and you may have experienced this. I don't fit here. And, and, and I don't know, I don't have the language and I'm not going to wear a suit and I'm not going to cut my hair. I'm not going to fit your mold. And I'm on staff at a church like that, but I'm having Bible studies in their homes. I'm doing worship. I'm leading them to Christ. But I remember one day, this girl called me and said, my parents just moved out of town. She, I knew she wasn't living with her parents. She was, um, and they left a few things at the house for me. Can you come pick me up and take me there? And the Holy Spirit said, take somebody with you. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like calling around and my Sunday school teacher, her daughter was also in high school. Uh, I was like, I was like, the Lord said, take somebody with me. So I go to pick this girl up and she's like, comes out. And she's like, oh, there's somebody else with you. I'm like, yeah. Jeez. And so we go to the house and there's nothing in the house for her. And we're walking around the house and end up driving her back. And I found out that she was prostituting herself. And I was just like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Right. Thank you, God. I, I did I've not ever, know how to hear God's voice. I don't think I've ever heard that story. This, yeah. this is a momentous occasion. <laughs> it's been years. It, you know, it's like, it's it, it, and the interesting thing is I... Back then, I did not know that I knew how to hear God's voice. And there's many times that it was the Spirit of God speaking to me, but we didn't know the Holy Spirit, didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I believe he spared me that day, um, you know, and uh, I don't think I was vulnerable, but it, all it takes is an accusation, you know, and uh, and who knows, you know what I mean, um, what what could have happened. But so I pick up a teenage girl to go pick up a teenage girl, <laughs> and but I was safe, yeah. you know, and uh and um, so it was, uh, it was, um, and, and it's happening in Locust, North Carolina. And um, yeah, one of, yeah. one of the, one of the teenagers was at my house one night and she opened up about her dad doing stuff to her. She was 14 years old. And I was like, I need to call the authorities. And I called the authorities. She denied it all. I didn't see her again for some time. And I felt horrible because I was like, like here she was opening up to me and I wish I knew then what I know now I could have actually right. ha- handled it much more intelligently. I'm like, whatever, 21, 22, 23 years old, whatever I was. 
And um, and the next time I saw her, she was maybe 15. And I had driven down this dirt road to this backwoods house that was kind of like a junkyard. And it was a 45-year-old man that she was now married to. And she was 15. And I'm like... And I and and I'm like I end up talking to him about the Lord and Jesus and church and I, I didn't have the keys then, right. and I I just knew like this is sick this is disgusting what do I think about and I could see fear in her eyes and I'm like I I know like I I could keep going on what I was in the midst of was a world of darkness and I I brought light I brought Jesus there but I didn't have any keys. To set someone free. I believe that God used me and there there was some good stuff that happened, but man, I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah, but then you gotta think like would they would they have been receptive? Because right. God had you prepared for that moment with everything that you needed yeah. for that moment, you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's in our little towns, it's in our oh, it's it's huge in Tampa Bay. Yeah. It is. We're one of the worst areas in the nation. In in a nation that's one of the worst places in the world, and it is growing exponentially. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. I spoke at um a like a panel for the Hillsboro School District about this topic, and I was shocked, like that this was going to be a topic. And it was like, you know, what what should we be bringing into the schools, and like just. They had me and another survivor on there just to help educate. And, like, her story was so different than mine. Like, hers started young. And then there was me where I'm like, you know, I was just influenced by the wrong people. Like, I got sucked into this thinking I was doing it willingly. And, you know, here's the warning signs that I can take from my story. And so I can say I was very, very proud that they were trying to educate. And they had, like, the police, like... Everyone there for it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, one day. <laughs> now, now, one of the things you were gonna write. One of the things you were gonna write about was police brutality mm-hmm. in in that part in that yeah. arena that you lived in. <laughs> in that arena that you lived in, I know the questions to ask. I know the places to go. But um, I, I and and so, what was there any? Um, police or political figures or anything like that in in that world that you lived in that you experienced. Um, yeah, actually, I will talk about because every time I try and talk about it, it always gets cut out. Really, mm-hmm. but in Madison, I was I took a call from a guy who called me and he walked in. And he was an officer, and he put his badge on the table and he was like, I'm not going to pay you. And he was like, and if you don't do what I want, then I'm going to take you to jail. If you do what I want, I will make sure that I give you a heads up if the police are ever on to you. And I was just like, that was one moment that I was like, wow. I had a friend that had just gotten killed. A black boy just gotten killed. Really, really great kid. Like straight Mm. A's. Mm. He was, 17 mm. and he had just gotten killed by an officer so my i was already at a point where i'm like you know not a real fan of the police yeah and so this was just one thing on top of that yeah and then there yeah it just kept adding up 
Any any church or Christian leaders a part of any of Mm-mm. really? No. Praise God. I know. Now you were experiencing stuff at a Christian. Yeah, I was boarding really school. Christian though, and I know that. But but were any of the leaders involved in any of the stuff that were there? Um. Yes, and some of them are very very mean. Um, but I think I was always able to decipher that they weren't really Christians. Right, right, right. Okay. You know? Okay. So you're discerning that, but are they holding a position of that and then doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's pretty unsettling for most people. It's a, it's a part of the, what makes it tough even to pursue God, because when that abuse comes in that world. Yeah. Um, then it is, and, and first of all, I, I, I know that that isn't Jesus and it isn't Christian. It isn't God, but the percentage of people that's a, that's a part of their story, both, it could be political figures, police, spiritual leaders. And it's, and that's the kingdom of darkness. Satan plays unfair, dirty, mm-hmm. infiltrates places like the, that, and then comes in that name and does unspeakable things and it that's part of the you know yeah so a few months ago well it was about six months ago now my family and i went to a brewer game milwaukee brewers came down and played tampa bay so we went to the brewers game and we're sitting there and i leave with my cousin and come back and there's this other wisconsin family sitting in the same row right next to us and so i'm sitting there they're like oh we got other wisconsinites and <laughs> I look over and it was a CO from prison. Wow. Yeah. And I like have not, when I say it takes a lot to trigger me, Wow. I was triggered bad. What's a CO? Wow. A correctional officer. And he was very like flirtatious and he was there with his wife and three daughters and I'm like, you know, very outspoken and I want to be like, oh, hey. Oh, you're married. That's cool. You know, like, call him out on it. And I'm like, oh, come on. How is this happening? You know? And I just feel like, because I was doing so good and I was, like, really, really diving back into my word on a different level. And I feel like this was just, like, one major attack from the enemy. Wow. And I cannot say that I succeeded in every single way, but it came out stronger. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to the body of Christ? Um, if if you're given the microphone today and you're going to speak to, and, I, and I'm talking spiritual leaders, the body of Christ as a whole, what, what would your clarion call, your message be? Um, to speak into the youth. Hmm. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're the next generation, you know? And I think about how limited my beliefs were and, like, my parents and from what we were taught. And there are so many people that aren't willing to open that box and learn more. But the youth are just learning, you know, and, like, being able to raise them up in the right beliefs and being able to back it up with scriptures and knowing what those, like, scriptures actually mean and what Mm -hmm. they stand for. And then just being able to, like... You know, you get you have to raise up new pastors. You have to raise up new leaders. 
and being able to do that and helping to keep them off the streets, giving them responsibilities so they do feel like they have a purpose in the church mm-hmm. with, in their life and then, you know, supporting them the rest of the way. Yeah. It's like you have to start from the bottom and yeah. If you were a teenager and, and you're in youth group, what would you wish that someone had come and said to you? <laughs> I just wish the church was as much family as the gang was. I know. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she had to leave the church to go find family. Mm. I wish the church top to bottom was a family, not just a yeah a service presentation one, one day a week. Yeah. And that's, I, I love my church because I do feel that yeah. like in every sense that I felt when I was in the gang, mm. I know that at any moment I have people I can call at any moment when I'm like, just so mad or I want to do something stupid or I'm confused or I'm bawling my eyes out, I have people that I can call and they will come over like in an instant. Like there's been times where I have texted my pastors and I'm like, can you guys just pray for me? And they'll call me and just pray with me. You know, like it is, I just, I feel at home and I I call them my family. Like I'm not like, oh yeah, the church congregation, like my church family. Mm -hmm. And even the people that I don't know, I'm like, you know what? They're here. And like new people that come in, I'm just like, hey, I was there once and I didn't think I was going to last. Mm. Actually, the first, this is really funny. So the first day I I went to this church, I walked up to the pastor and we have a, a couple that leads our church, mm-hmm. um, husband and wife. And I walked up to him and I was like, I'm Holly and I'm gay. So if you don't want me in your church, you need to tell me now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit bold guys um up on that. yeah she gave me a hug and he was like we love you and that was it and i had never experienced that in a church wow. you know like just just knowing that i can be who i thought i was but in the moment who i am and people are still gonna love me and support me mm-hmm. so not that they supported what i did but right yeah just loving me too and there's been multiple there's actually been like lesbian couples that used to go there it's an interesting distinction why do you make that distinction what loving me not necessarily loving what i did oh well they wouldn't support what i did okay because it does it doesn't align with god yeah you know and it's taken me up until now to truly a hundred percent grasp that from living that lifestyle Somebody asked me, actually, because they were going through something with their daughter, like wanting to transition. And um, and I have nothing against people that live that life. So I have a friend that's a transgender, you know, and I will love her until God gets a hold of her, you know, and I'm not going to treat her any differently because people didn't treat me differently. And that's what saved me. So loving her. But for many people, yeah. loving them means accepting everything, accepting their belief. Can accept it, but you don't have to agree with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just you know, I'll I have invited her to church and she knows where I stand now because we actually she's actually a friend of mine from prison. (laughs) She moved down here. So we've been able to connect on that, but she knew where I was. Like she knew who I was before. And now she can see me as who I am today and she doesn't feel judged. She knows I'm not going to be, like, throwing holy water on her, like, you know, Satan is living in you. and Not going to stack Bibles on her. Yeah. Yeah. 
but just being able to walk in that love of I love you no matter what you decide to do with your life. Am I going to go out to a gay bar with you? No. Do I want to hang out with you? Yes. You know, I don't have to enter the environments of that, but I also don't have to shun her out of my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. if if the church would have shunned me when I said that to the pastors, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be, I don't know if I'd be here. Yeah. You know? Thanks God. Yeah. Yep. So. And they didn't lecture you on it. Nope. Just loved you. Nobody, actually nobody ever said anything to me about it. Well. It was just, God got a hold of me one day. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, will you close us in prayer? Will you pray for everyone who is listening to this that has struggled with things you've struggled with, walked through things you've walked with, and is just seeking God and or has people in their life that they don't know how to handle or what they're what they're supposed to do with those people yeah awesome (laughs) okay Jesus we come to you right now and the three of us just declare over everybody who is going through trafficking abuse substance abuse any type of violence any type of just not being close to you, God, we just ask that you get a hold of them and you show them and you knock on their door and ask them to come back home. Yes. Yes, Lord. God, we just, we pray protection over every single one of these people that are struggling. And God, we ask that you place them in in homes and programs and with mentors that can truly help them get healing and not just cover it up with therapy And God, just help to free them completely and be able to walk in your love and guidance. And God, I just pray over every single person in the world and that their eyes would be open to what is truly going on and the corruption Mm -hmm. and the violence and the disgusting things that are happening in our world right now, this beautiful world that you created for us. God, I ask that you just will open their eyes and bring everybody back to you. And God, those that refuse, I just pray that one day you'll be able to knock on the door and they'll come to you. But God, I ask that you just will get a hold of every single heart. And Lord, I pray for every organization, every organization that has your heart to be able to thrive and grow and help those that need it. God, I just pray that there's no limit ever to the amount of people that can be housed or the limit of resources. And God, I just I just ask for abundance of your yes. blessings to come into every organization. Mm. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity and bringing us together. And I pray your blessing over the three of us today as we continue on with our days and everybody listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I didn't mention at the beginning, but I want to mention it now, the online discipleship that we have. And we really created it because of the the people that God is bringing us, a lot of them girls, some, some men, but the journey to wholeness, the journey to freedom that God has starts with just foundational biblical stuff. You've been hurt by a lot of people. And part of that journey to healing was forgiving some of the people that hurt you. Um, Yeah. yeah, And, and unhealthy soul ties. Yeah. You know, the the stuff that we're teaching in there and we were designing it with those people in mind, like we, we, we are creating a pathway to walk in wholeness and dominion. And you know what? Pastors need that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday school teachers need yep. it. Um, 
you know, police officers need it. People in every arena of life <laughs> need the foundational stuff that Jesus taught. And the other thing is, is, um, and you began to pray for it. And, and it struck me because we had to sell Freedom Park, but Freedom Park is not dead. It, it was, it was brutal getting to that point. Cause we, I did, I, I spent a year doing everything I knew to do. And, and, and I know that God wants this and we had to let it go and we had to let some staff go. And, um, but we, um, have some RVs. We have some fifth wheels right now. And there's two acres that the owner of it came and wants to sell to us oh the potential for just two acres. We had six acres before it's not, it's not even two full acres, but the potential with a new vision we could we could we could house more people if we were able to to but there's a process it's it's been hard to share that vision yet because all we know 100% is that we could put one building there right but because of the zoning we should be able to put two we just have to get do a little bit of stuff with the county but because it's next to a mobile home park the chances are greater but it's a process and and so there's no guarantee but there's a potential that we could have seven homes there that's awesome. Now, one of the problems in Hillsborough County that, like, because there's a, the model that we're looking at, they have 14 people in a house. We can't do that in Hillsborough County. The most you can have is five. But if we had seven homes, as, as many as 10, but I'm I'm going with seven. It's a more conservative number. But but if we had seven homes, that's 35 people. We were try, we were thinking we'd max out that property without major major hurdles because because of where it was. We we're trying to be remote. And the chances of getting it rezoned was much, much greater. So the most we could house on that property legally would have been six because it's a different county. And that six was their number five. Of them are here. It, there were so many things that work against it. Yeah. But if we had small homes, we could have five in a small house in a, in a single wide or a double wide. Um, and we could fit like seven of them on that building, on that property. And so I'm saying, God, all I want right now is I want to secure that property. It's available. That's $200,000. And I'm just asking the Lord because I'm like going, I know what I have to do now is develop the discipleship curriculum. And, and we were launching this master discipleship class. And, uh, but I'm, I'm still going, God, I'm believing you for it. And you know, the need is incredible. Oh yeah. And it's just increasing. Yeah. I feel like now that it's becoming more of a, not accepted thing, but an educated topic more people are going to keep coming up being like, okay, no, I really am doing this. Yeah. You know, this isn't normal. Yeah. Because that was my mentality of it was normal. I wonder how many have ended up seeing a movie like uh, Sound, Sound of, of Freedom. Freedom and go, wow, this is, well, no, because the story, I have not met yeah. anybody with that kind of a story. No. It's a more whitewashed story than anybody's. It's more whitewashed than your story. Yeah. And um, and it's brutal. People leave, or can't leave yeah. because they're in crime. So if your story was really made into a movie the the whole thing it would people would have a hard time yeah getting up and leaving uh-huh. i actually saw the sound of freedom with my church we rented out the whole theater yeah and we walked out and you know they all know my background and we walk out and everyone's <laughs> looking at me like what do you think what do you is think is she okay yeah. yeah and i'm just standing there like that's not my story hmm. you know and i, I I didn't really talk to anybody because it was heavy, like, yeah. and not, oh, yeah. not yeah. in a triggering personal kind of way. It was just a heavy movie. Oh, yeah. 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 And everyone was really quiet. You know, everyone just kind of left and went and processed. And I made a post later on, like, you know, 
yes, this is the topic, but not every story is the same. And that yeah. is not my story. Yeah. You know, it's not the story it took of a lot you a while, of people here in America. It took you a while to get your song. Yeah. Most of them, it's going to take a journey to get their song. Yeah. They don't just walk out of that and, and, yeah. and pick up their song again. And, um, and, and they, and we need the church. We need anointed men and women of God to come alongside those that have lived that life. Right. And, and you've had mentors, people that ministered to you and helped you find your song. Yeah. And I'm like, God, would you provide so that we can help more people find their song? Right. Yeah. You will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he is doing it and he's working and there's some amazing, amazing stories. But I'm like, I, I, the need is greater. The church is, is, capable of so much more and and i believe we're responsible we're responsible for the spiritual condition of our nation we need to take that responsibility and do something greater than what we have so many things just want to come (laughs) okay let them out i know we're done but let them out as we close what would i just think the church is too quiet right now in every aspect i think the church as a whole is just too quiet. I actually have pressure yeah. to not do as many of these type of interviews. <laughs> and and because this is conspiracy theory. I'm like, what? No. I, like, I it doesn't even scratch that realm. This is everyday <laughs> reality all under yeah. our noses. I could get into conspiracy theory. This is not conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> this is reality. I lived it. Yep. So thank you. Yeah. What's the name of your book again? One more time. Relentless Survivor. Buy it on Amazon. Share, like, and comment. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you, guys. You. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always.